You're listening to your Countdown NBA podcast with David and Kane. Kane, pop quiz! How many white people will be on air at ESPN next week? <laughs> Let's try and name two white people at ESPN. Um, Mike Greenberg, I think. Mike Greenberg, yeah, right? Yes, I honestly can't think of another one though. Is this your way of segueing to the first topic? Is like Rachel Nichol. Look, we've got some exciting things to talk about, okay? New free agents on the Lakers. More importantly, you've given me assignment this time. You asked me who are the top 10 players, who are the top 10 NBA players over the past two decades? Yeah. I think that's a pretty good sample size, right? That's, that's a long time. That's a long time. Now, and you told me not to reveal my list, which makes me think, okay, I'm a bit worried about your list now. I'm thinking, <laughs> put it this way, listeners, no. I would not be surprised if you put like Kenny Atkinson and D'Angelo Russell on that list. <laughs> what? How's Kenny Atkinson? Kenny Atkinson didn't play in NBA. I was gonna say like you you were gonna you were gonna like you know find some loophole where you'll you'll say. Oh, the 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 tenth best player is two thousand eight LeBron James, and the ninth best player is two thousand thirteen LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> you just 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 stack the list. <laughs> LeBron James, but just by year. <laughs> but first, before we get out to all that, what is exactly happening at ESPN? Just this past week, Rachel posted some cryptic thing on on her Twitter, and I was like, "What is this about?" And then I did a search on it. And lo and behold, she's out of ESPN. Essentially, they canceled her show. They took her off of any NBA coverage. And then a day or two later, she kind of announced that she's leaving the network. Is she leaving the network? Did she announce that? She must be, like, to be stripped of all her shows and, you know, basically canceled. I, I, I would imagine that, yeah, that would mean that she would be leaving the network. Like, what is she going to do? Like, just start to just do research in, in the background. You would have thought that ESPN would have released some official statement around that if she if they fired her or let her go. Uh, and ESPN did not, right. and neither did she. So, which is why her original post was so cryptic. I was like, what, what is happening here? Um, and she, I don't think she still has not announced if she, if she has left ESPN. But importantly, she also has not announced uh, that she's joined anyone. Well, like a lot of articles, like if you look up Rachel Nichols, everyone's been saying that she's basically been cancelled by ESPN. I guess there's no... I mean, like, I think she's good. You actually mentioned in our chat, like, maybe going to TNT, which I think is really good because TNT is such a... It's a great network for basketball. And she's a basketball analyst or basketball uh, commentator or, you know, just a personality around talking about basketball. I think TNT would be a pretty good role for her. And uh, and also, I just want to mention, like, Marie Taylor. Like, I don't really know. She's obviously a rising star, so she doesn't have quite the cachet. Um, but, you know, her going to NBC just really just shows, like, she was willing to go to a network and not talk about basketball. She just, like, I think she's transitioning to football. Mm. So it's just, like, this weird, ugly turnout for everyone just because of a hot mic. Which really just shows, like, maybe there's this, this really toxic culture at ESPN. Like, people didn't like Rachel Nichols for whatever reason and just tried to, like, backstab her, basically. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like what she said was, was not professional, but she was doing it with the privacy of, like, you know, just talking to a colleague like, off cameras and stuff. She didn't, like, and then her mic was leaked. Like, once again, it's not like 
it's not, it's not the same as Stephen A saying it on live air, saying it about like ignorantly about like an entire continent. Mm. Um, it's very different, and Stephen A doesn't you know face any repercussions. But uh, Rachel Nichols says something privately to a colleague, and now she's cancelled. So it's it's, it's like a really, I think it's a really bad um, like uh, like double standard, and them quietly. Um, firing her just shows like they're just trying to escape this PR, but it's it's like I don't know. It's just it's not a good look, I reckon, for ESPN. I think what you just said there is absolutely right. It's just ESPN trying to escape from PR because they had known about this for months and months, and they sat on the decision too. There was no reprimand. Um, there was no punishment. It was only after it was re- like uh, I think one of the newspapers picked it up that it got resur- the story got resurfaced. And now you have ESPN basically muscling and managing uh, Rachel Nichols out. Now, what I've heard is that potentially Rachel will sue ESPN. I think over the summer, um, just like a month ago or two months ago, she'd signed like a three-year contract. Regardless, she will probably get paid for that or like she'll get bought out or whatever. Like there'll be some negotiating, but she'll still get paid. You know, like, like you said, it's a contract, so she'll get paid regardless. Um, I think she gets like paid over a million dollars a year, so she'll still get paid that. Um, it's just whether, I don't know, she signs an NDA or she gets paid extra money to not, to not be, you know, to not go down the litigious route. I'm sure there's a lot of avenues that doesn't go into a public, you know, court case. But you're right, I think it, it, it could, like worst case scenario of Rachel Nichols is that uh, stubborn that she wants to, like, she wants to be like proved right, right. she might go right. down the like the more you know law route as possible but there's always some way like they'll negotiate some sort of proper payout to um make it right i guess the unfortunate thing is the way this has been handled i think espn is probably more to blame here yeah to muscle someone out and manage them out like this way in this way and kind of shows their card that they don't really care really until they're pressured and then they're been, they feel like they've been forced. And really, they're responding to probably potential backlash from advertisers than uh, their actual convictions there mm. and the actual culture that, that's acceptable there. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They allowed this culture to stew uh, and, and to let like you know minority employees battle it out against each other, which isn't healthy. Um, well, you see someone as... as, as uh, you know, basically has tenure on ESPN. Someone who's been there for so long has earned, maybe not, you know, maybe not the, you know, maybe not the best commentator, but definitely someone that's just been there for so long that gets should get a lot of slack, right? Um, you know, even they felt threatened and and you know felt like their time was. The, 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 I mean, just saying that environment should never happen, especially someone as tenured as as Rachel Nichols. Well, the silver lining for me is that I don't have to see Rachel Nichols on ESPN. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think she'll turn up. terrible. I, I think, like you said, TNT. I think TNT is a good place just because they're more like jovial and like the more fun. Maybe like her as a uh, like, yeah, like, uh, you know, there's broadcasts like in between like halftime, maybe it's not the best. But I, I, on the jump bike, I think that's better than a lot of other ESPN shows. Like, they got the taken. worst guests. It's like kiss ass. 
Like Tracy McGrady, please. This is like a. He's not that interesting. Yeah, but I don't like any of those other um, ESPN shows. Uh, what was the other guy? Kendrick Perkins. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins is the worst. It's the worst takes. <laughs> well, I, I think we all agree that ESPN's going down the shithole. Who's a bald guy? Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson's good. Oh my God! Please. Terrible, terrible, okay. I'll tell you who's good, Kwame Brown, okay? You want real talk? You listen to Kwame Brown. That's what I've been listening to. No joke. That's the type of real talk. I should give it a listen. I, I, was, I, I, should, I, should, give, I should give it a listen, to be honest. I, I've been... I'm not actually joking. I've been dogging it for a long time. No, I know, I know. Like, don't take everything he says literally, okay? Because he says some crazy stuff, right? Because he's kind of... He's Kwame Brown. He's kind of crazy. But behind just the verbiage... He's talking some real talk, and he's re- it was actually really revealing a lot of the stuff that he's talking about. Mm. The double standard that happens, the haves and have-nots, the sort of the tier system where you've got the face of the NBA, the Rachel Nichols, the uh, Richard Jeffersons, the Tracy McGrady's, the Scotty Pippins that are just like towing the NBA line versus what the a lot of the players really feel like. And that's a real talk that you're getting from Kwame Brown especially from a player that doesn't have any prestige in the league, was kind of um, a stain on the league and getting sort of their perspective. But just quickly, the other thing that happened this past week was that Max Kellerman has been uh, voted off a first take, which, man, this cost me. I'm a bit sad about that. So you like Max? I like Max a lot. I haven't watched first take or listened to them for a couple years now because you kind of turned me away from them. You said they race baits. They race bait. Um, it was mostly just Stephen A. That Stephen A. Bait, yeah. And that really got me thinking, okay, is, is this just, is this a five-hour daily show, right? It's What am I tuning in this for? Is, am I tuning in for real news or am I, and discussion analysis, or am I just tuning in to be hooked on you know race bait and kind of like clickbait type of topics? But saying that, I really did like Max, because the previous co-host, the original host of First Take, I should say, when it was called Co Pizza, was Skip Bayless, and he is just the worst. He's the he's like <laughs> he's even worse than like Stephen A. I have the stuff that he says. I don't even know if he believes it. I'm not sure if he actually watches basketball. He just takes he just takes whatever basketball headlines on ESPN and he just reverses it basically to take the other side. When I was young. Uh, and I ha- and I had ESPN. You don't really get much choice in terms of like sport news because apart from the games, the mo- the majority of days isn't filled with sport games. It's 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 Sports Center and uh, First Take and PTI. I, re- I remember mm. like those were my three shows, and I never took First Take that seriously. Like it was just that I liked it because they were talking about sports. Uh, you know, they were just having conversations and opinions about sports and. I didn't care that Skip Bayless uh, or Stephen A had such uh, like ridiculous thoughts and opinions about things because at the end of the day, they was just always in opposition. But I think it's like, kind of like wrestling. As I got older, I just realized it's just more and more fake. Like their opinions and stuff is just purely for ratings and just for um, like, like you said, like clickbaity sort of um, headlines. And I, I just think as I got older, I just realized like they're just saying it for the sake of saying it, just for the headlines. And this has become more apparent, especially when I remember, like I said, by the race baiting examples, Stephen A talking about a failed head coach 
who was a black head coach for the Buccaneers, getting fired and called it um, because uh, he was black, which is just like ridiculous because he had like a two and 24 record. Of course, he's going to get fired. So like that was the, the like, nail in the coffin for me. Okay. Uh, but having said that, like... <laughs> now I know the context of why you're, you're down on Stephen A. <laughs> he said something about the Buccaneers. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm just saying, it's just like, it's just, it's just entertainment. So, uh, you know, you're not, you're not there to like seek the most like informative opinion like in the world. Like I know that because when they talk about the Nets or they talk about the, the Buccaneers who are more intimate, like who are, I know have, I have more intimate knowledge um, than that, they just scratch the surface. They usually just scratch the surface in terms of like the, even the numbers and the stats and like, oh, this guy's five sacks or, you know, he's scoring 18 points per game. But they don't really get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, why it is or why they have an opinion or form like that. It's just the surface sort of thing and just something to create debate over and have opinions over. It's very surface level. So that's why I just watched it if it was on. But now that I have, you know, I have YouTube, I can watch anything I want. I don't watch them anymore because it's just like, What's the point? Like, I'm just gonna get angry <laughs> over like a bad take, basically. Right, right. Interesting. Interesting. And especially if Kendrick, especially if Kendrick Perkins is, on, if I see Kendrick Perkins' face on first take, I'm like, I'm not gonna listen. Oh, he might be uh, to his take, especially. Yeah, he, he's on. He's on the show sometimes. Basically, Stephen A. voted Max off, right? And one of the reasons is not that I guess. So. Yeah, it's not. It's not that he didn't like Max, but he felt that Max was too like not analytical, but he was too factual, and there wasn't enough spice in the debates. Whereas mm. Skip Bayless is like a caricature; he's like a cartoon character, just babbling about random mm. shit, mm. just to just for the debate of it. And Stephen A. I think sees yeah. Stephen A. is a smooth operator. Okay, he wants a hot debate show, hot takes, first takes. Yeah, which is fine. And that means you need a sparring partner. You can't have a technician on the other side. You got to have. People throwing like haymakers at you, even though like, like you said, there's maybe no substance be t- be behind the points. Uh, whereas Max is way too mm. calculated. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair analysis. Really good analysis, actually. I like it. Typical white man, Max. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> no flash. Just Except fundamentals. Skip Skip Bayless was honorary, honorary black person, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skip Bayless. What's a white player equivalent of Skip Bayless? He'd be like Poku or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my team. <laughs> yeah, okay, see, it's my town. <laughs> Who was that player? <laughs> I think it was Mariel Hagonis or one of those players. He, he thought he was like Michael Jordan. He, he said he was a white Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's Skip, that's Skip Bayless. I remember. Max Kellerman is, uh, he's like Joe Harris. He's like spotting up for threes. <laughs> Taking those high percentage shots. Okay. Uh, I think the other free agency news is the, the, the Cavs have traded for Laurie Markkinen. Mm, uh, big former news. Former seventh overall pick, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, which will be interesting because they have a lot of big men now. They've got Evan Mobley, they've got Jared Allen, uh, Laurie Markkinen now. Um... Cavs, Cavs have a few. This is weird. They got like either centers or point, like small point guards. Um, so uh, I don't know how this is gonna fit. And I think a possible possibility is that they retrade, like the the Cavs will retrade some of those guys to get like a more rounded roster. I don't really care what the Cavs do to be honest. I don't know why I talk about the Cavs, but 
Because also Kevin Love, that's a big name that, that's still on the roster. Kevin Love hasn't been bought out yet. He's also on the Cavs. Markkanen is a big name. I think he's underachieved. Markkanen's a fairly big name, but what I'm saying is they got a lot of bi- they got a lot of bigs on on the Cavs now. You know that like should be start should be starters. You know at least for their team. You know how I feel about this. This is just put Cavs in the same bucket as OKC, as the Grizzlies. These aren't real teams. Okay, these are just farm systems. This is where the real teams park their assets until the time comes. Like, is there a point to what's happening in OKC? I hate to talk about OKC, but. I mean, what's the point of OKC? They have like a billion draft picks. They're not playing their players. And guess what? Put the Pelicans in the same bucket. Why should Anthony Davis, generational talent, also future Lakers champion, why should he spend waste six years on the Pelicans? Why should Zion waste, this is what, year three now? Year three and counting on the Pelicans, a team that's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's it's like a worse roster than last season. Like last season, they finished 10th. And, you know, now they've lost, well, they lost Steven Adams, they lost Lonzo Ball, uh, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, it doesn't matter Eric Bledsoe, I guess. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, they've, they've lost a lot of the, the players, and now they have, they got a new head coach, uh, Willie Green, and he has to figure out this new lineup with, I'm guessing Jonas Valanciunas is definitely the starter, because, like, I don't know, like, they, they don't have many good, talented players on that team. Josh Hart. <laughs> Jonas is good. He's really good. Valentunas is really good. But what's this upside? I mean, surely Lonzo has a higher upside than Valentunas. There's no upside. There's no ups. There's no upside. Well, Zion's gonna be playing point guard. He's gonna be playing like point point four. Zion, don't do Can you just talk to our agent? Who's who's Zion's agent? Get the guy out of there. Get the guy out of there. Did we see Zion midseason last year when he was playing in New York? The fucking smile on his face. He was like like he looked like the Joker. Free Zion, please. And this is the thing with OK. This is the main problem I have with some of these smaller markets. Now you keep telling me, look, does that mean should we just have like the, all the teams in the largest cities? And what about the other cities? I, well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it doesn't matter if OKC has a hundred picks. No one wants to go. No real superstar wants to go to OKC for any reason. So those picks, those assets are going to result in no wins. And even if they trade for a large player, that player will eventually just get out of town. So essentially, like I said, they're a farm system. They're just like they're just holding on to assets as a parking to to provide liquidity to the NBA market essentially. Yeah, except the two teams in the finals last year was the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Two notoriously small market teams. There was a hobbled LeBron. It was street clothes AD. They weren't ready. This is the only reason. I'm not expecting... No disrespect with the Bucks. I think they are still a contender in the East. But the Phoenix Suns, ah, like, they might not make it out of the first round this year, next season. I don't know. You push this narrative like you want the... Rev- like, I don't know, like you're a shareholder of the NBA mm. or something like that. Like the NBA is doing fine with like, small market teams dominating. It doesn't matter that they... Like you're... you're you're putting this expectation like they should be taking over the NFL. Like I, I'm saying, like it's fine. Like small teams can win. Like it, they don't need to always have the biggest TV ratings. It's it's fine. It's fun for me because I like to see different teams um, succeed. And that's what the salary cap's all about. Like it's it's putting it's putting penalties on teams like 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 currently the Warriors and the and the Nets from signing the best players and and you know and giving players the opportunity to seek better paydays elsewhere. 
anyway, if, if necessary. So I like the system, like, yeah. Like, I think it's fun. It's more fun than seeing the same teams repeat and repeat over again. The system's ineffective because the, it has not stopped the Nets from signing great players and top players and top talents for cheap because they're in Brooklyn. And what is actually punishing is, is punishing NBA talent. No, no, th not, not necessarily because uh, the Knicks could have also, the Knicks had the same cap space and the same opportunities to sign top players, but no one's going to the Knicks. So what it comes down to is culture, right? Like teams being able to build effective cultures. Uh, it's not the system that's ineffective. It's just like, you know, teams are, are, are willing to, to, to maneuver around the system and find loopholes. And that's what the system allows. The system allows those loopholes, obviously. Right. Because a player can buy out, like a Blake Griffin can buy out of a bad team and sign uh, with a contender uh, for, for any price. So like, that's good, right? I just look at what's happening in New Orleans and I look at Zion and I go, please, please don't stay there for another like three, four years. Don't sign that long rookie extension. Don't sign the one year rookie extension or something so you can get your basically force your way out. Because I just feel like you're wasting the first six years of, of a player's like career um, where they're not even developing necessarily. They might, for all I know, they could be building bad habits. Like, what's what's Minnesota doing with uh, Anthony Towns? Yeah. Well, like, I, I just think like Zion. Like, I think the hype on Zion is he's like legit. Like, mm. he's a he's a star player, but he's not like he's not like Giannis or something. He's never going to be the Giannis level, right? He's 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 a if anything, he's just a one trick pony. He's very dynamic. He's very good dunk. He's very good at dunking the ball, but he doesn't really have any other moves apart from that. You know what I mean? Um, so to 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 say like oh he deserves a super max or whatever like he's it's fine if he does but he's not like going to save your franchise he's not like that level of talent I, in my opinion I might be wrong but like I don't think I don't think he's that level that's like very strong criticism so I would say that he's a good player he's a, he's definitely an all star level player but like he he was meant to be a LeBron James level like that's the hype that he had coming out of high school basically. I know we talk about the Pelicans a lot. I only like you know like I don't care about the Pelicans at all. I know like they got this generational talent, um, the superstar. But like honestly, I, I would rather talk about like how good Ja Moran is or uh, or um, Donovan Mitchell is or you know like young players that are succeeding. Uh, you know Luka Doncic for example. Like I would much rather talk about how great Luka Doncic is because for me right now. Luca, like you say, like oh, you know, Zion should be on, uh, should be in the top seventy-five. Luca should be on the top seventy. Like, I would be angry if Luca is on the top seventy, like top seventy-five. You know what I mean? Like, but to say Zion should be on the top seventy-five is so controversial because not only has he not done anything, even for first overall pick, I think he, he's also like just for general first overall picks. I think he's already like under underperformed for first overall pick. Not even like just a generational um, talent. Like that's been compared to LeBron James. Like just generally first overall picks, I think he's he's underperformed. So um like I think it's like to me, like right now it's like there's a huge gap between Luca and mm. Zion. Like it's not even mm. close. Like talent, maybe, but how they performed the NBA, like in what I've seen, Luca can dominate the like dominate the game, like create like total mismatches. Zion can easily be defended. It's not hard to defend a Zion. Like you get a mismatch on Zion, obviously he's gonna dump, he's gonna be the guard. But against centers, you know, guys bigger than him, he's not he's not that tall. He's not 
he's not bigger than like a lot of players that are, like you know six eleven. Like Giannis is gonna is is easy for Giannis to guard Zion. You know what I mean? Like because Zion doesn't really have a um, a a a a, 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 a two point. Sh- he doesn't really have a he doesn't really have shooting in his rep. Like if mm. he doesn't have really great shooting in his repertoire either. Mm. So yeah, he's like kind of like a mini Shaq, except he doesn't have the same reach or the same like like explosiveness as Shaq, in my opinion. Right. Right. So like, how can you put him in the top seventy five? Enough of these downtown. Let's let's get to brass tacks, okay? Instead of like what ifs, let's talk about the people that have done it. I'm talking about our top ten list. How many how many names did you put down, by the way? Just ten or first of all, did you kind of extend it out? I can't even name you ten basketball players. <laughs> no, yeah. you, you, you know how I watch basketball, Kane. I, I don't watch for the talent. I watch for the drama. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of talent in the last 20 years. Okay, but this is a this is a really interesting challenge that you gave gave me because it's such a, a long time frame, the year 2000 to now. But I think it's actually a smart way to rank it because we can argue that the modern NBA probably started probably mid 2000s, right? Yeah, I would say mid 2000s. If not like the 2010s. Yeah. If not 2010s, but essentially then we're really pairing. We're comparing sort of the last class of the old school NBA players with the new NBA players, right? And seeing how do we actually, when it comes down to brass tacks, how are we actually comparing them, right? Or, you know, we keep talking about the modern game is soft, the old players better. Well, okay, last 20 years, who's the top 10 players? Let's see how many old school versus new school we've got on this list. So how do you want to do it, okay? Uh, I just want to give out some like uh, what do you call it? like just some out out in the bubble because I you say you didn't come up with ten names but like I'll just say like I came up with some names that uh, to me close to nine uh, nine and ten but m- maybe just miss out so I got Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Jason Kidd, James Harden, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. No, no, no. <laughs> maybe Giannis to be honest. Maybe Giannis makes that list. But yeah, like the, those guys kind of just miss out for me. Are they on your Are they on your top ten? By the way, I'm surprised. First of all, can I just comment on the the people that didn't make it? Um, I'm surprised that Jason Kidd was not on that list. I, I swear to God, I thought you might have put him like number one. <laughs> like seriously, Jason Kidd's very oh, you know, J- but honestly, like, well, he deserves to be on the list. I would say, but to me, I Jason Kidd misses out because he he's not more important than Dirk Nowitzki, in my opinion. Uh, I think Dirk Nowitzki was more impactful in the 2000s. And I think the player that I got 10th slightly edges him out. Like, I think, I think you know what I'm talking about. But basically, they were like point guard A and point guard B for like most oh. of the 2000s. Like oh, 2000 to okay. 2010. Okay. What you're saying is it's close, but you're going to give the edge to the person still associated with the Nets? And take a kick off yeah. the person no longer yeah. associated with the Nets. I understand. I understand, Kane. Yeah, that's correct. Dear listeners, make your own judgment about Kane's takes. Jason Kidd is probably the more decorated uh, player. Like every year, he had some annual accomplishment. But for two straight years, Steve Nash was like otherworldly. For two straight years, Steve Nash was, yeah, maybe the best player on the planet in those two years. Um, not named Kobe Bryant, and. 
Yeah, for those two years, he won two MVPs. Uh, he's been he's had eight All Stars, three All NBA first team appearances. Um, those things are important to me. And the two MVPs, like he should be like for all intents and purposes, like most people that win two MVPs should be higher. But uh, I got him here just because he sort of reinvented like like with Mike D'Antoni as obviously like they just reinvented the game of basketball and probably is like the beginnings of like how the Warriors played right like how the how quickly they got the offensive started. Steve Steve Nash was like the architect of of that offense and that whole that whole movement basically. Mm. So like I'm not also like I'm not only also like for me my list is like I'm not only ranking people by accomplishments but like most of them are like very accomplished. It's like how 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 uh, influential are they to the game of basketball as well? Mm, I, I like that. I like that. Okay, so your number ten is Steve Nash. I don't have number ten because I couldn't think of ten names. So you give me your number nine. Okay. Do you want to you? No, you go first. Then you go number nine first. Number nine. Okay. Look, uh, this is not a really good. I put. I want to distance myself a little from this pick. I put Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no one no, even close for me. Okay. Can, you, can you teach me how to watch basketball, Kane? I feel like I'm embarrassed by this. Okay, why? Forget about the, the Westbrook that we've been watching the last two years, post-OKC. Yeah, of course. I'm not... Yeah, that's the reason that you wouldn't, okay. But I feel like that's... The last two years has almost underrated the greatness of Westbrook. And a player that, you know, when he won that, when he averaged a triple-double for that season, it was incredible. He's got an MVP award. Does he have MVP? It was very fun. He's got an MVP, right? Yeah, of course. He's got an an MVP winner. It's not just about achievement. It's also about some historical context. And I feel like the fact that it took us 40 years to to find a player that could average a triple-double, that's something there. And since that time, he's averaged like triple double like two or three times by stealing rebounds from his teammates. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> I, I put him there. Okay. I, I don't think he's like for me too. It's not just about like uh, um, like impact impact impactfulness in the history books. It's also like playing style. Like if I if Russell Westbrook versus James Harden one on one, who's gonna win? Kind of thing like that. Or or Chris Paul versus Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Like. Who it was like who who do I want as like the the best player on my team kind of thing? Like I would rather Chris Paul and Russell oh, Westbrook God, to, okay. to to be the leader of my team. Okay, give me your number nine. Okay, I got Dwayne Wade, number nine. I think uh, similar to Russell Westbrook, I think uh, there wasn't a more exciting player between like mm, I don't know oh five to oh nine. I would say it's a, maybe oh yeah, ten. Yeah, it was a short peak. It was a short peak. It was a short peak, but he was like amazing. Mm. Like 2005, when he like finally took off for Shaq, won the championship for a good number of years. I like to be honest, like it was Wade and like obviously Kobe, but he was like towards the tail end of his career. But Wade and LeBron James were like the most dynamic, exciting, like you know players. And you know Derek Rose started to come in, but like Dwayne Wade, man, like just everything he did was was. Just, just sensational. Like he could do everything: defense, offense. Uh, obviously, he's won three titles. He's won a Finals MVP. Um, you know, with Shaq, two, uh, only two first NBA teams. So that's why I take him down a little bit because 
he was never that dominant enough to take over, like, to be the best shooting guard, mm. like, except maybe two times. Um, but he's just always been a, like, he's just always been up there. He's, like, always been a top five player for, like, a long time in the 2000s. Number eight. Okay. I've go. got Giannis, the Greek freak. Oh, geez. Wow. Antetokounmpo. I, I gotta be honest. Champion. I think you're. I think you're edging too modern to me. I. I, I have a feeling your list is gonna be way more modern than me. Who you got? Number eight. Give it to me. Giannis doesn't have the sample size for me, unfortunately. Even though he's won two, two, two. Uh, he's a pretty good record resume. I got Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Okay. Okay. Give me more. Yeah, it's like Giannis for me is like, he's a situational player. Like Giannis is going to be a great player that you want in certain situations, but he's not like the guy I want to build around. Kevin Garnett is a guy that like, you know, would be, he's a ticket, man. Like he, he plays defense. He plays, he's, he was like un- unmissable. He couldn't miss a shot inside the paint. Like I couldn't say that about Giannis, you know, and he was a great defensive player. He was a, uh, he was a, he's an all-time rebounder. Like one of the best rebounders of all time. And the intensity, like, yeah, maybe Giannis has that. I'm not, sorry, I'm not trying to compare to you, but that's why I don't have Giannis in my top 14. Because, like, the names I have here, like, are just so historically great. Like, I just don't think Giannis is at that level to me yet. And Giannis could get there eventually, I think. That's maybe what would make my list more dated. But I just think Kevin Garnett is kind of proven uh, for such a long time, including MVP, that he was, like, he was such a transformation to every franchise he was on. How can you say that Giannis is, is less than Kevin Garnett? That you can't build a team around Giannis? Giannis just fucking won the championship. <laughs> Kevin Garnett won 0.0 championships. He couldn't even win like a playoff series. And, and who did Kevin? Who did? Who did Kevin Garnett have as teammates? Kevin Garnett has future Hall of Famers: Ray Allen, future Hall of Famer Paul Pierce. Yeah, and they won a championship. Yeah, and they, and won, a they won a championship. Giannis had none of those players. They, he literally won it himself. He won it what? himself. Kevin Garnett couldn't win shit by himself. Well, Chris Middleton. Yeah, but he's very close. <laughs> okay, one year, one year he was close. I'm not disparaging Kevin Gar- KD, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that. But I'm just saying Kevin Garnett had a complete offensive game and a complete defensive game at his peak. True. True. Can't argue there. But again, we're talking about the greatest. We're not... I think Kevin Garnett is one of the greatest. I honestly, I honestly think Kevin Garnett is one of the greatest. Is he better than Russell Westbrook? Yes, easily. Okay, <laughs> probably. Yes, you're right. Okay, but not Giannis. I, I feel good about that. Number seven. James. The Beard. Harden. Yeah, I feel like he's screwing way too modern. <laughs> This was supposed to be a nostalgic list, David. You, you did it wrong. <laughs> well, who do you got on number seven? You got Alonzo Mourning? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Kerry Kittles. Yeah, I got, I got Richard Jefferson, <laughs> Jefferson as number, number seven. <laughs> Don't joke, because I'll okay, believe Kenyon, you. Kmon, 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 <laughs> Mon- no, oh okay, I got Oh my god. No, no, no I, got, I, got the, I got the answer. I got the answer, number seven. Uh, James Harden's very good, obviously. Modern day, like, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, like, get in the top whatever for points. One of the top, the best players to ever shoot and score the basketball. But, uh, 
I'm going with the older dodge, like pound for pound. Who's tougher than Allen Iverson? No, don't go pound for pound. <laughs> That's not fair on James, <laughs> please. <laughs> Wait, when are you doing the waiting? Yeah. Playoff time or preseason? Look, James got a lot more pounds, okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Allen Iverson made the finals. A lot of these guys you're kind of pushing down because they had to go against Shaq and Kobe and Tim Duncan. Um, so they're not going to be as decorated. But Allen Iverson's you know, up there. Like, uh, I'm talking about excitement. I'm thinking about like guys that were just so exciting. And I can't think of many players that are more exciting than Allen Iverson in, in the early 2000s. Ooh, again, you say I skewed towards a modern game, but if you had to pick between AI and James Harden, I don't know if James Harden looks awfully good. <laughs> All right, here you go, number six. Number six. Oh, I'll say that, uh, let me just say, uh, my 7 to, like, I wasn't, like, too confident about my 7 to 10. Uh, and you've poked holes in it, I'll, I'll be honest. But I'm very confident about my 1 to 6. But you, you go. Here's number 6. Okay. Okay, so number 6. Number 6! <laughs> Stefan, the chef, Curry. Wow, that's way too low. Pow! <laughs> Well, I don't disagree, but I think he should be higher. I got, um, you might disagree, but I, I think he deserves to be higher even. I got Shaq, number six. Okay, respect, respect. Because Shaq, obviously, obviously Shaq might be even number two, like, you know, if you include the 90s. Uh, but, um, sorry, if you include his 90s accomplishments, sorry, I mean. But uh, because I'm not including his 90s accomplishments, it's basically just the 2000s. It's, he's, he wasn't like great after 2007 or eight, mm. right? He started to bounce around mm. teams. He wasn't as effective. He was old, he was unhealthy, he got injured a lot. But between 2000 and 2005 or six, uh, he was like the most dominant player. Like just, no one could stop him. No one could guard him. No one could, no one could like, he needed, you needed three players on him. <laughs> to stop him from dunking the basketball if he was in, within range. Um, so, yeah. I've got Shaq, number five. I would have put him higher, but like you said, his career, most of, he spent most of his career, I'd say, um, in old school basketball. Yeah. So there was a cutoff. L late 90s. But I feel like yeah, at sure. the same time, even with a, a 2000 cutoff, that's prime Shaq, that's peak Shaq. Oh yeah, for sure. 2001. That's three-time back-to-back NBA Finals. NBA Finals MVP, Shaq, that yeah, is. Three. Two, two finals, yeah, two finals, MVP, uh, three finals MVPs, yeah. That in itself, that just elevates Shaq. And, you know, I'm not a Shaq fan. Uh, I grew up with the Knicks. Uh, I like Patrick Ewing. And Shaq was someone that I just worried about every time he came in town because he would just destroy all the other centers yeah. and destroy what I thought a center could do or should do. Patrick Ewing looks good against everyone else. And then Orlando Magic comes in town and he looks like a ragdoll being bullied and pushed around by Shaq. Yeah. Sha Shaq was also just built different. And he's built different. And that, obviously that's younger Shaq, but even by 2000 Shaq up until 2005. He was like a giant offensive lineman. Like he was fat, he was big, but he, he was like pretty slow. Like he, he, I don't know if he will survive in today's game. I don't know how effective he will be. Like I don't know if he'll be the same player. But back then, like he he just he just dominated like 
he just dominated the ball. <laughs> Any so I think, like Steph, he changed the the game, and it was just a matter of toss up. Is it do I put Shaq ahead of Steph or Shaq, uh, Steph afterwards? Okay. Yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's the other way around. But number five, I got Tim Duncan. Um, which is pretty low considering how many titles he won, uh, how many finals he won five titles, three finals MVPs, uh, obviously, obviously numerous first All NBA teams, numerous All Star games. He won also won MVP twice, so very highly highly decorated player. Like you probably won't find a more decorated player than him on this list. Uh, the only reason I don't have him higher is just because I wasn't always a fan of the Spurs. Like I just thought it was too. Too, I don't know, like too disciplined. Like not, like not as fu- like that's why I like the Nets. That's why I re- that's why I first fell in love with the Nets because I was watching Jason Kidd and Vince Carter and Richard Jefferson just flying around, dunking and alley ooping it, while the while the, the the while the Tim Duncan Spurs mm-hmm. were just like passing it to the post, little move and then and then a hook shot off the off the backboard. <laughs> like it wasn't the most exciting brand of basketball, but it was so effective and it worked so well because the system was so flawless. And Tim Duncan was obviously the best player of that. So yeah, no arguments there. Number four, I've got Kobe Bean, the Black Mamba, not Colorado's <sighs> finest. Nice, Bryant. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. I feel like we're gonna have repeating names now. I got Steph Curry number four, just for the same reason. But I think he deserves to be higher. That's all. Then you had that. You had him number six. I right? had him number six. Yeah, I think it deserves to be a bit higher. Like he revolutionized the game. I'm curious who you got on top three. Kobe a bit low. Kobe a bit. Kobe a bit low though. I got Kobe higher. I'll say that I got Kobe a lot higher than you. You had him at number four. Ahead of Keith Van Horn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got number one is Jason Kidd. Number two is Kerry Kittles. Number three is Keith Five Van is Horn. a starting five lineup. Number three, I give it to Tim, the big fundamental Duncan. So you rate him a lot higher than me. Like you, you think it's not just his accomplishments. You think he's that influential, or you think he's just that great of a player? Like he would, he would be good on any team. Phenomenal player and be that successful on any team. First, you were saying, "Oh, you've got all modern players." Well, not really, because if I'm ranking Tim Duncan um, number three here, yeah, I just think if you look at the longevity, not I'm not talking about peak, right? He's not flashy. He doesn't have the peak of the other players. Yeah, he's not flashy. Well, he's called the big fundamental for a reason. This guy is just so consistent, such a consistent winner, such a plus in terms of team culture, team chemistry. Um, he essentially made that franchise to the point where now I'm starting yeah. to question, does, is Pop really that good? Are the Spurs really that good? Or do they just have Tim, big fundamental Duncan there, keeping people in check in line, mm. and Tony and um, Manu yeah. for two decades? Yeah, I think the thing I penalized, uh, yeah, because I, I penalized Tim Duncan for is like, because I always thought Greg Popovich is the greatest coach of all time as well. Like I, I put a lot of stock in that. And because it was a great system, it it, flour- it helped Tim Duncan flourish even more. Mm. Like that's just sort of where my thinking's at. Like Tim Duncan's an amazing player. Um, and probably would be great even in today's generation, today's area of basketball. 
I just I don't have I just don't have embedded in Steph Curry mm. and the other three players I got and obviously Keith Van Horn and you know the likes. That's my number three. Give me your number three. My number three is current net great, current net superstar, American gold medalist Kevin Durant. Okay, okay. Have you talked about Kobe yet? Okay, you put number three as KD. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. What was Katie for you? Katie was number. Katie is number two for、it? me. So I've got him number two. I haven't talked number two, but let, let's talk about them together because number he's number two for me. So I think we're、okay. aligned there. I mean, you put them two, three. I think we rank them very highly. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I'm surprised you didn't have Steph Curry higher, to be honest, because I really think Steph Curry. Oh, I mean, it's tough. It's tough between Tim Duncan and Shaq. It's it's tough,、like、right? It's tough because、yeah. you're like you asked me why I don't have Steph Curry higher. I mean, look, I I put him, like I I put him after Kobe Bryant. You've got Kobe、Six. Bryant. I'm top two now.、Um, you haven't announced where. If you really hate me, you know where you you would put Kobe. <laughs> just tell him. Just just spit in my face right now, okay? We're getting sidetracked. Kevin Durant,、uh, obviously, I think, I think he's gonna be great. I think if this list was two thousands to two thousand thirties, Kevin Durant is going to be number、mm. one. That's how great Kevin Durant is is because he's he was beginning his career in the begin of the late two thousands. He was dominant, like maybe the best player in two thousand tens, and then two thousand twenties. It's it's still up in the air. He's only thirty two years old. He's a shooter. He 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 might change. He might lose his athleticism a bit, but a little bit. But he's still a great shooter. So he's still going to climb up the all-time stats and everything, and to me, just being on the Brooklyn Nets, he's going to add to his titles and Finals MVPs, which is only going to make him more illustrious.、Um, besides all that, besides all those counting stat counting numbers, he he's just the most complete offensive player ever.、Mm. Like in my like in all those other guys that I've said, like Dwayne Wade, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, there's no one that's like as good of a shooter and as flashy and as great、uh, at Just like scoring as Kevin Durant is, there's there's no player. Not、like. a shabby defender either, by the、uh, way. Elite defender, yeah, elite defender. Like Steph Curry is the best shooter, I would probably I'll, I'll admit, but like Kevin Durant's not that far behind, and he's got all those other moves, and he's six foot eleven, and he's just unstoppable. Okay, so I've got KD number two. You give me your number two. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I got number two is LeBron. <laughs>、okay. Nah, it's, it's Kobe Bean Bryant. Okay. <laughs> Kobe Bean Bryant's number two. Yeah, Kobe Bean Bryant's the better player in the two thousands. I would、so、have to say. So you put、like. Kobe ahead of KD. Interesting. Yeah, because K because Kobe has climbed greater heights than KD has. Like, if all things are equal in terms of offensive game, and all things are equal defensive game,、uh, like I honestly think they're like just like that good, like that close to each other. I have to get kind of give it up for five titles, five over two, two Finals MVPs, you know, more All NBA First Teams, more All Star, like all these stats are are better than Kevin Durant, and he 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 did a three peat. Like Kevin Durant couldn't do a three peat, you know what I mean? So,、um, yeah, I think Kobe just 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 past Kevin Durant, but I, I just think Kobe's Kobe's peak is just the highest of all the other players, in my opinion. Eighty-one points. Eighty-one points. Okay, Kane.、Okay, number one. Unanimous. Unanimous means we both agree. 
What do you mean? Our number one. I don't know. Unless you, you I, I hope you this was this was a unanimous vote. You didn't put some weird <laughs> shit on as your number one. So <laughs> what do you mean? No, my number one. Penny Hardaway. <laughs> yeah. Penny number Hardaway. one. LeBron, the king, the goat, and my friend, LeBron James. <laughs> How is he your friend? Are you, are you messaging him? I talk to him about as much as uh, Chris Bouchard talked to him. You guys talk. That means you and you, LeBron James and Kevin Durant have like equal yeah, friendship. Yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> I think me, Chris Bouchard, Katie, and uh, LeBron, we're in the same like text thread. We're in the same group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just you and Chris Broussard. Okay, I've got LeBron. Who you got? Who you got? Let's hear it. Say his name. Call him by his name. I got Tracy McGrady. Okay. I mean, seriously, like 12 <laughs> points in 10 seconds? That's unreal. Who you got? Who you got? Okay, now for real? Y'all mean. <laughs> I got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got uh, Sun Yu. Guy's <laughs> name. You got Wang Zhizhi. Two-time Laker champion. <laughs> nah, okay. You got Yi Jing Yan, I got the whatever his name. The chairman. The chairman. <laughs> Yi Jing Yan. The original fuck. The original fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. Alright, I got, I got the king. You got, I got the king. You got the king. I mean... To, to be honest, in the 2000s, no one's close. Mm. No one's really close in the 2000s. If you call him, compare him to MJ, I think it's definitely a conversation. But like, if you compare him to Kobe Bryant, like, I I don't think it's right. close anymore. I, I mean, it's close, but I mean, you got Kevin Durant number two, so that just proves it, right? Like, even you and me disagree on who number yeah. two is. Like, I think Kobe Bryant's a uh, pretty clear cut number two over Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's career is still mm. going, and maybe will one day eclipse Kobe Bryant, but. Yeah, I just think LeBron James is that much better uh, amongst all his brothers in the 2000s. And yeah, like I, I just, I mean, it's, it's obvious. Like I've, I've, I've said it, like, you know, gl glowing things about every other player. But LeBron James, the only weakness he has is his jump shot. Mm. And he improved that like later in his career, being a much better um, jump shooter. Congratulations, that's our list. I have to give it to us, Kane. I think this was a great list. The most interesting is how much we're aligned with our top five, essentially. I mean, the orders are changing a little bit. Who's the top? I think top six, we would have the same names. We would say you're top six. Um, I had LeBron, KD, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Stephen Curry. Yeah, we have, we have exactly the same top six. Which I think is, is a positive sign. It just to show how... Yes, we could debate like the nitty gritties and like which one's above and below, but essentially that top, top tier, we're in agreement. And which is to really highlight the greatness of these players, how they don't put any, you know, there's no question. So you really don't have Allen Iverson anywhere near your top 10? No, no, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, he was amazing, but I okay. think one, he had a short career. Two, he didn't really win. His peak was, yeah. His peak was short, yeah. Like he played no defense. He was like six foot. You know, like, I think for me, it, I think that was very personal for me, AI, because I was that close to being a Sixers right. fan when I was a kid. I was that close because Allen Iverson is, he's, he's like, he was, I mean, obviously I was much shorter than him when I was a kid. Like, uh, Allen Iverson was a short guy doing it all and, and dominating uh, for that, yeah, maybe mm. short window where he was 
one of the top five players in the league. Uh, he, yeah, he didn't really have a dominant career like for, lo- like for the longest, but he was just so good when I first started watching. That's why I gave him so many extra points, I think, which maybe, yeah, to your, to your point is a bit biased, but he was just, yeah, I, I just remember like I was that close to being, I played like, I just liked this. I like yeah. watching the Sixers just for that, for Allen Iverson. Feel like I feel like sometimes it's easy to overrate the more recent players, but then sometimes you can make the same argument that we underrate. Yeah, we can make the argument because yeah. I feel like James Harden. Yeah. Are, are we really appreciating what this guy can do? I mean, he's ch- changed the game in the sense that people don't even know how to guard him. They're like trying to guard him from behind, from like the side, the step back three. The fact that he just like carries a ball and like yeah. rams into people and somehow still gets a shot off. Because he's not, he doesn't look super muscular and he's not super tall, but somehow he's so strong that he like people just bounce off of him and he just like rams into down the lane and he still gets a shot off for, for whatever reason. Yeah. He takes like 10 like free throws a game. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have a, a DeMar DeRozan <laughs> on your list. What happened to uh, Mr. Second Round? DeMar is number one oh, in my okay. heart, Kane. He's my number one in my heart. Any final thoughts? Uh, maybe some advice for um, for our friend Rachel. I mean, I'll love to have Rachel on. Like you know, like just pick up. Should we just give her a like job? Just, Let's. Talk. Should we make that just, offer? I mean, how much can we give her though? Like we don't we don't really make Rachel money. Like she makes a million dollars a year. Like any job she's gonna get, she's gonna at least ask for what's the floor? Like at least eight hundred k, maybe six hundred k, at least. For her, it's about joining a winning situation. Oh. <laughs> Right, right. Because we make so much money from this. She's getting the ESPN money, right? But I think she needs to pull a Blake move. Right, right. Join a winner, a contender. I was going to say the other way. Like, she needs to she needs to kind of get back on the ground floor. Because mm. she was, like, at, at the top of her field mm. uh, for a long time. But, you know, it might be refreshing if she... If she joins like a, a upstart, you know? Like, start from the ground floor and build something from, from the ground floor. Like, that... That's going to be a refreshing sort of place. Oh, I agree. Look, Rachel. And then she's going to like talk shit about you. She's going to like that, David. <laughs> look, like look a... Rachel, look. There's an open offer here for you, Rachel. Okay? Anytime you want to come on, no problems. No problems, okay? $100 a week. We're offering $100. So dollars, oh, Australian dollars, dollars probably. I don't have any US <laughs> yeah. dollars. I didn't uh, agree. So you, you will pay that, I guess. Okay, maybe fifty dollars. <laughs> I thought I thought Kane would chip in. Well, you think we'll both pitch in fifty bucks? All right, if we get Rachel, if we get Rachel, no, no, no. I'll, okay, yeah, I, I, I agree. If we get Rachel, we'll both chip in fifty bucks. Fifty bucks each, Rachel, in the bank. Well, what do you think our date rate is though? It's like to do talks and like speeches. And I don't shit. know. I mean, she's obviously in demand, but it's about for her. I think she's got the ESPN money, right? She's, I think for her, it's like go, go somewhere where she gets to do what she wants. And I feel like we give her that opportunity here. Say whatever you want, Rachel. You don't like black right. people? Go ahead. Say it on our podcast. We don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> you, you want, you want, how about the Asians? You also you want uh, to throw the Asians on their bus too? No problemo, okay? <laughs> Kane like throws around the C word like it's nothing. You, you, you don't like it. Okay, I don't know about that. That's a rumor. That's a rumor. What? What word? What C word? For Asians. For Asians. I'm not going to repeat it. All right, listeners. Uh, stay safe. Get vaccinated, please. Twice. Second time, please. <laughs> See ya. See ya.
Lisa Torres on the beat, boys. Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.